This is Stage Appropriate with Juno. And Katie. She's still 10. Yeah, thanks. And I'm still her mum. Yeah. There's no big revelations about that. Yeah, age not mentioned. Anyway, (laughs) I, we like musicals. Quite a bit. Yeah. And Juno has had a crazy idea for this episode. Tell them what it is, Juno. Well, we've been in Sheffield. We and have. We've, we've got back a couple of hours ago. Despite yeah. train strikes, we still made it home. Yeah, baby. Yeah. And we went to see some really cheerful shows. So we were giggling away, skipping yeah. back to the easy hotel where we got woken up um, by people arguing at 4.30am in yeah. the next room. Cheers, guys. Well, they didn't wake us up. Technically, we were awake and then they were loud. Anyway. So, yeah, we went to see two shows, a matinee and an evening show. And the two theatres in Sheffield is really good. Next they're door. literally like you could jump out the window of one and land in the other. Probably not. Don't try that. <laughs> but they're literally like ten meters apart. Aren't yeah, they? it's pretty cool. So we went to the Crucible and the Lyceum Theatre. And what did we see? We saw Miss Saigon and Titanic. Two very happy shows with very so, happy endings. Yeah, we're going to talk about them both in we've got one episode. So many shows to see, haven't we? That mm-hmm. otherwise we'll just end up having a backlog, and that's stressful. So uh, we're going to talk about Miss Saigon first because that's the one we saw first. Yeah. Okay. We're not <laughs> going to talk song by song because it these was have so got a lot when of songs it was really hard. And yeah, we we can't do that. That's just silliness. So we're just going to sort of reflect generally on these two shows, which had quite a lot of similarities mm. and yet were very different. Should we talk about some of the things that were similar about them? There was a bit of a weird situation, like they both involved boats. Hmm. At one point. Yeah, obviously the boat in Titanic is fairly, uh, quite a big part, whereas in Miss Saigon it was just like a little bit mm-hmm. where they were trying to get from... Uh, oh, Saigon, obviously that's the name <sighs> yeah. of the place, or was. What's it called now? Isn't it Ho Chi Minh City now? I think they How changed it in the course of it. Well, they said it in the show. Anyway, mm. uh, they were getting them from there to oh. Bangkok. And obviously Titanic, you might have heard of. It was uh, a pretty big ship. Titanic. Anyway. 20,000 oranges, Titanic. <laughs> we'll get on to the oranges. I oh am going to get cast in this show. Right, like, although both shows were tragic, they had quite different vibes, didn't they? So, should we start by talking about Miss Saigon? Yeah, so that's how is, you talk about this something. This is Sheffield Theatre's uh, sort of revival? I don't know. Of Miss Saigon. Well, I'm sort of questioning myself here. But it's they've made a big thing of it not being a kind of replication of the Miss Saigons that have been on before. So I think Miss Saigon was originally on in the 80s and it sounds like it, doesn't it? Yeah. Like it very much sounds like a sort of lame is sort of situation. And there are a lot of similarities there as situation. well. Tragic story. Oh, I situation. Laugh when I the situation because of something I said about waffles once. <laughs> it just makes no sense to still go on about Anyway, Miss Saigon, a controversial show. And I think I feel like we have to mention that. Although it's it's difficult, like it's seen as being racist and as being sexist. And in particular, representing like the women of Vietnam really badly. The show demonstrates that. So it's set at the end of the Vietnam War. So when the American troops are pulling out and it starts off in this club where the American soldiers, the GIs, come along to spend time with the women in that bar. And it's it's shown that like the women are all desperate for a GI to like marry them and take them out of Saigon, aren't they? To yeah. like take them back. To- so I can see, obviously, they like it. yeah, there's this whole thing of like America's so amazing and 
no one wants to say anything and all that so I obviously I mean it's not up to us as two white people to talk about whether things are racist or not I'd kind of get all that criticism I would say one thing that they've done differently with this is in the past you know Juno so when Miss Saigon was on like in the 80s they'd have people playing the parts of the Vietnamese characters who were white and they would just wear like makeup to make them look to like they had the skin of people from that region and they even did things like to make their eyes look different so obviously all of that you wouldn't you just wouldn't get away with that now that would definitely be seen as racist and I've been looking at the programme and you can see like the cast I'm not sure that any of them actually have any link to Vietnam so there's some of them that are from South Korea a couple from the Philippines and Malaysia so the, obviously the casting is not in in the kind of offensive way that people would have criticised it for in the past and another thing that people have criticised it for is that kind of white saviour thing so like that Chris who's the soldier who has a relationship with this woman called Kim who's from Saigon that he's like going to rescue her because that's just like what white people do and they <laughs> sidestepped that particularly skillfully I think with this production because both Chris who was played by Christian Maynard who's been in Anne Juliet who we've seen in Anne Juliet and his wife Ellen who was played by Shanae Holmes who organised Musical who organise musical con are both black so you haven't got that whole white saviour thing and I think that does make a difference but we're not going to get too into the weeds of like talking about why the show is controversial because it's just it's not really our thing to talk about like we're not here to make those kinds of judgments do you think that's fair do you know I'm looking at your cat's sticky notes I'm wondering why that thing says panini on it the show itself literally the most dramatic thing I've ever seen in my life and I watched Mm -hmm. Ipswich in the playoff semi-finals in 2000 (sighs) that was dramatic did anyone die in that no but Jamie Clapham took this penalty that me and my dad were too scared to watch because he'd like never taken a penalty before but you're right it was slightly different so so yeah super dramatic big orchestrations on this show that's one of the things I (laughs) I really really liked oh, the music oh we could see you oh, could yeah. see on the screen the conductor so if you sit down in the stools I think well, there are, you can there's only normally stools, isn't there, yeah the in theatres oh yeah um, on like where the dress circle is like on the front of it um, so if you're in a dress circle you can't see it I yeah. think there's screens there and they show the conductor so the people on stage can see it and the first time I ever noticed that I can't, it must have been at Newsies I don't know no it must have been before that I was like oh that's quite distracting but actually it was really entertaining to watch at times because the conductor like, was having a great time he was like he? going like oh yeah mouthing like go on he was <laughs> and really just being enjoying like, himself and I did think that obviously the score it's, a, it, it's that style of the 1980s where everything's about massive ballads and everything's very overwrought it's not like the sort of pop and rock (laughs) musicals that tend to be really popular now no and again as we always reference on this podcast it's not necessarily something I'd listen to in the car but I did really enjoy all those songs and especially because I thought the the musicians and the that side of it the orchestration was absolutely beautiful I thought it was fantastic yes should we talk about like the plot a bit yeah so the American soldiers like go into the club to hang out with I've the women I've lost the plot now <laughs> so it, set in, it starts in 1975 <laughs> yeah so the Americans are over in Vietnam which I don't know like watch a documentary about it if you don't know what that <laughs> means but it was this big war that America got involved in and then kind of spent about a decade trying to get out of because it was apparent that there was no real benefit to them being there it was all part of the fight against communism and the Cold War and all that kind of stuff and successive presidents in America were like desperately trying to get out of the war and couldn't and it kind of ended LBJ's career and all this sort of stuff and that's but that's not, that is quite important actually isn't it to know all that stuff so it starts at that point and the American soldiers there and they're just they're pretty bored aren't they yeah and they start Aww. off I mean the first song it 
in terms of stage appropriateness, like, I did saying, know this show wasn't going to be wildly appropriate for Juno, but I have got to a point now where I'm like, do you know what? If it's not going to do a lasting damage, I think it's it fine. It did you more lasting it damage did me than me. Some quite lasting damage because I was quite traumatized by it. By the end, yeah, definitely by the we'll end. We'll get to that. Um, yeah, we will. But let's... And if you hate spoilers, like, do not listen to yeah. this because we to talk be fair, about though, a very cool. Oh yeah, we will talk about that. But um, so it's like a really cool, um, like a special effect. Special effect. So we'll see when it is. So if you don't want yeah, to hear how they do it, it if you're going to go and see the show while it's still, I don't know how long it's on for actually. Me it's just neither. there for the summer, I think. Anyway, so yeah, it starts with that, and all the women are desperate to get out of Saigon. There's this character called the engineer who kind of runs that bar, and she's the one who's sort of trying to link up the soldiers with the girls. Obviously, the soldiers pay money to spend time with the women in the bar. This soldier called Chris is there and he's a bit of an emo like he's not really into the whole scene of like hanging out with women and Mm. he's a bit sad and I feel like you can see at the beginning that this whole being at war thing has had quite a toll on him like that he's really sort of suffering that he has like a thing like PTSD yeah because later on yeah I think definitely they're in the shop and someone just like drops a shopping trolley or something no you can't drop a shopping trolley why are you waving a shopping Um, trolley around that's dangerous um, it like freaks him out because he might think of it as being being like a gunshot kind yeah. of because just like the bangy sound yeah bangy sound the bangy sound it's very <laughs> the bangy sound. so he meets kim who's there like it's her first night working at the bar and they fall in love ridiculously quickly like yeah. i don't know if i'm it's just very romeo and juliet it's very yeah. romeo and juliet and with similar sort of tragedy but he he and her sort of fall in love and they spend the night together and then the next day he's like Let, uh, can i see you tonight Let, and then he goes back to the like barracks or whatever you'd call it the base and says i'm gonna take all my leave because I'm going to hang out with Kim for the next two days. And this other guy... John. His name is John. <laughs> and that's not just generic calling people John. His character's name is John. Was like, you can't. We're getting out of Saigon. Like, you'll get left behind. So you see this, like, urgency that their relationship is set against things happening very, very quickly. And it's really clear that they're sort of doomed from yeah. the start. So then it just cuts loads. It was really confusing, wasn't it? Because you so thought you might have napped for a I bit. I thought I'd maybe blacked out and <laughs> I, I was, was really like, baffled. I was confused anyway. So it goes, so it's like, 1975 and then all of a sudden it's 1978. It he, showed you it was 1978. Yeah, like, like, they were cl- used quite cleverly to show you that stuff. So it then was, it was 1978. So obviously three years later, he was in Detroit with a wife. Kim Ellen. was still in Vietnam and we've missed with the fact that hair. within all of this, so she and him had this kind of Pretend wedding. She's got longer hair. Not a legally binding arrangement, I think. Yeah. And then this guy turned up and he was all crazy. He was like, Ugh. And he was like, we betrothed. Your parents decided we were going to get married when we were 13. Because earlier she told Chris a story. Her whole family's dead. Her whole family's dead. And they told her she had to marry this guy who she didn't like. And then I thought, oh my God, it's him. Which again is very Romeo Whoa. and Juliet, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's like Juliet being told she has to marry Paris. So there's all of this going on. And then she has got a child and it's obviously he's Chris's son. Yeah. So this little kid is now three years old. It's like she sort of kept him in because then there was this weird bit where the... So it turns out the guy who wanted to marry her, he's now like really high up in the army. And there's this weird bit where he's like, find Kim. And you're like, To the engineer. And it's because we didn't (laughs) realise. So we were like, why? Is she like a spy? Is she in witness protection? What's going on? And then he went to her and was like, oh, we should still get married. It'll all be fun. And she was like, no, we can't. I've got this son. And then he was like, oh, well, you can't have this son. 
gun. That's bad because his dad's American. So I'm going to kill him. <laughs> and then she had a gun and we were like, where's she got a gun from? But that became apparent later. And then she shot the guy who was her boy, her, what, no, her boyfriend, who was like her fiance, even though she didn't want him to be. And who now was like high up in the army. And then he was dead. And then she's like, oh man, I've got to get out of here. Yeah. So that's oh, when they went to Bangkok. Her and the engineer, who was this very weird character. Yeah, she was kind of like mean, and she just wanted everything to go right, kind of. It was. I she think just it's the didn't first want anything. That bad character's really. been played by a woman. I think the engineer's usually played by a man. So I think they've changed that for this production. So that's quite cool. So then in the second, and then so that was all very dramatic. Yeah, but can we talk about the engineer? Because yeah. she's like at some points she was kind of like mean. You know, like when she said. When Kim said that she'd killed the guy she was like she went a bit crazy and then she was being all nice and she can just go like really quickly I think like the way you were supposed to take it was that she was sort of manipulating and like especially when she found out that Kim had this son by an American she was a bit nicer then yeah because she was thinking like Kim will be able to get into America and she wanted to get into America she was like tell everyone we're sisters so I think I don't know how much she actually cared about Kim and Tam that's the name of the little boy who was super cute he just went around and hugged people yeah that was it he was like bro why do you want to kill me I just hug people maybe that guy just didn't like hugs Maybe he's emotionally repressed. To be fair, he did seem quite emotionally repressed. Yeah. So yeah, the engineer's a sort of weirdly morally ambiguous character because I think she did kind of latch on to Kim and was sort of exploiting her the same way that she did and at the start. Every time there was something, she was kind of possessive over her. And she was very much like still managing Kim, wasn't she? Like, I'll sort this out. And she it was because like, she wanted... She to, thought she was in charge of she Kim, She wanted basically. to get to America, didn't she? Because it was seen as... Well, she even sang that crazy song, didn't she? American Dream. That was like right Which was very it. weird, like Marilyn Monroe, Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend's costume and choreography. And then she stood at the front and started saying, make America great again. And another Donald Trump quote and I was like hold up lads what because Donald Trump wasn't yeah, saying anyway. that stuff in 1978 so then they get on the boat to get across from wherever they were to wherever they're Just going. from Saigon to Bangkok. Oh, obviously, yeah. And then, so she can find Chris. Well, so, like, to because obviously she had to get out of, like, Vietnam because she'd killed that guy. Yeah. So they had to sneak out. And then I think the idea that from Bangkok they would try to get to America. But in the meantime, that John guy... John? Oh, you yeah. see him at the start of the second half, I guess in some sort of, like, support group for people with PTSD, I think, like, talking about how hard he's found it since he came back from the war and he's now got a job Hell, because obviously there were a lot of children like Tam who were born out of I'm going to say relationships in inverted commas between Vietnamese women and American soldiers so there's tons of these children who I think are then like well as we saw from like the soldier guy they're kind of rejected by society because they're a sign of like the Americans coming in with all their like imperialist notions and all that sort of stuff Yeah. so he tries to help get these kids out of Vietnam I think again I suppose that's quite white saviory, isn't it and he finds out that Kim is still alive and that she's got this little boy. So she, so she's like in. She's in Bangkok. Bangkok. Yeah. yeah. And then he tells Chris, and he's like. Mm. And Chris had never. His wife is called Ellen, and he. She's, and she's been with him really for like two nice. years. She's really nice. She obviously is like used to dealing with the fact she's that he very has these. Accepting, yeah, she's very so. accepting, but it seems like she's used to dealing with. I'm going to call. I'm. You shouldn't diagnose fictional characters with stuff, but he definitely seems like he's carrying some sort of trauma. Yeah. And then, so in the second half, there was like. 
we were still thinking, how did how did he end up leaving her? What's happened? And then you get a flashback. Can I explain the flashback? Do you know it's going to explain the flashback? So, so you might... Well, you probably wouldn't have, because this is mostly my school friends listening to this, just because hi they're guys. friends with me. Yeah, hi. You know who you are. Anyway. <laughs> I hope you all know who you are. If you're yeah. listening to this going, who am I? If you're suffering from <laughs> existential dread, which we, for some reason, talked about earlier in relation to the Barbie movie. <laughs> it's very weird, you know. Anyway. It's okay, guys. Just watch so, a musical, and you'll be fine. So if you're actually into musicals listening to this... Then you probably are aware of this because it's like an iconic yeah. moment in musical theatre. Um, well, in if this you're going Saigon. To, if you are the, for some... Let if, me like, I'm just going to say, it's a spoiler. So like, if you're going oh, to go and see... Yeah. Spoiler. The, I was about to say The Crucible. No, because that's a play that is all in London. <laughs> the Crucible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't ask. If We're not going to explain you're going to see it. it. And you don't want to know how they do this bit, then like skip the next yeah. minute, perhaps. Okay, well, maybe... Maybe a bit more in a minute because I need to explain up to that Okay, point. go on then. So, so explain I'll say the when back. you need to skip. So, so you get the impression they're going to be getting out of... The American army. Yeah. Yeah. There's this big, like, evacuation Saigon, going on. Yeah. And you might have heard something about, like, a helicopter being cool, basically. So then there's all these people that are trying to get on and people are fighting. Don't really know why. Well, there's and not, there's it's all like these Titanic. women. There's not yeah. enough space on the helicopters getting out. And then there's all these yeah, Vietnamese people. There's no spoilers people. for Titanic. If you don't know what happened, sorry, mate, read a history. <laughs> Book. But anyway, so sorry, uh, mate. Read a history book. Yeah, do you know you're so funny? Anyway, um, we're not on that yet. Oh, we'll get to that. Yeah, we will get to that. So there's always people fighting, and there's all these women who are like trying to get them to take them with. Yeah, them. I keep saying them. Yeah, we should use fewer pronouns because it's confusing. <laughs> but anyway, so there's all these people who don't like. They're waving papers. They're saying, and it's really chaotic, isn't it? It's really the noisy. Pipes, the pipes. There's lights flashing, <laughs> and then Kim gets there, and Kim and Chris are trying to find each other, aren't they? So he yeah. said to her, "I'll get you out of here. I promise." So she's gone to the base so that he can do that, and it's really frustrating because it was there was a revolve, and they were on either side of it. So as an audience, you could see they're both trying to find each other, but because like of all the craziness, they couldn't find each other. <gasps> Colder by the minute. That bit. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. <laughs> Like Listen to our Frozen episode. Okay, so this is like a fantastic I'm holding the a fox trolley noise. And I don't know why. I don't know either. Are you going shopping? No. It's the second time we talked about trolley pounds. Anyway, do you know? Come on, talk about so the flashback and the thing that you're going to mention. Oh yes. So then the set was like quite small, but it was cool. So you had like this thing at the back that was just like a wall. And oh, then, I've seen and in one the of the doors. reviews that it looked like dog tags that soldiers wear like it looked like it was sort of metallic and okay. it was quite industrial but looking anyway, wasn't it yeah and there were like little doors that people went through and there was a staircase like a fire escape up yeah, against and it and it moved around and they moved it and everyone was like climbing on and trying to get up because the people at the top would get on this helicopter yeah. and we were thinking how are they going to do this like we've seen um, we went on a theatre tour to where Thro- Frozen is on Sorry, oh, they had Saigon in years and ago they said Miss Saigon was on there and they had a full sized helicopter on on the stage and that stuff. That stage is massive though, isn't it? Yeah, it's huge. So we, and we've watched um, the video of how they yeah, did it on Broadway, it's haven't cool. we, where again it's like, it looks like but a full But I think that it, it was it kind of be. more impressive when we saw it because it's less obvious. It obviously it, took a lot more thought and planning, yeah, didn't it? I'm thinking, it was let's just get a helicopter on stage. The artistry of it was yeah. impressive. But so you saw, I've got really bad hiccups, I apologise. Okay, so there were these lights that were in like a circle shape, like getting bigger as they come down, if you know what I mean. So 
it like it's like a spotlight. And then the and sounds so it was like the helicopter was getting lower, wasn't it? So as the lights got bigger and brighter and the sound got louder. Yeah, it was like digga 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 like wall at the back I'm doing she's doing a gestures. lot of hand gestures to demonstrate this so then you saw like a a shadow of a <laughs> helicopter on that sha- I'm not editing out these hiccups we're gonna leave them okay in. so there was this like a shadow oh, yeah, of, the, the of the helicopter yeah. and we were like is that all that's gonna happen Chris Chris wasn't on the helicopter at this point Kim wasn't on the helicopter at this point ah! Anyway, so and then someone came dangling down. Wait, I'm explaining this. Come on, man. So then, and explain. So then, excuse me, I have a problem. That, that is I- correct. <laughs> So many. So problems. then John again. It's actually John. He just came like dangling down upside down and was that like, "Whoa, Chris, what are you doing?" And <laughs> when then he was upside down. I was like, "Oh my god, the okay. horrors of war!" And then that was just. The, I think there are more horrors. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. And then like this ladder fell down, like and Chris was ladder. like, "It wasn't just like a like a step ladder that just <laughs> crashed." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this rope ladder appeared, and then Chris yeah. was like climbing up it and dangling. Ah. Come on. So he was climbing up. It, just like dangling from the sky and Kim was like I'm here and then he was like oh no done so then he was like trying to like grab her they were like oh it was so stressful two meters apart it was but really anyway, stressful he was like saying he's gonna come back for her and did he though no he just got another wife Mate, don't be but making anyway, promises you can't uh, keep okay so then I don't know what his plan was was he just gonna like grab onto her he was just gonna dangle her all the way for, back like, the to the whole way to America back to America yeah that's probably the plan it was traumatic like, though, drop her it? in the sea and I it was like maybe she'd land on the Titanic <laughs> okay. in a time machine Indiana Jones style if you've seen Indiana Jones okay then so then, do you know what yeah, it reminded the, me of it's something that you haven't seen but grown up oh, this might. so like how close they were to pulling it off like because it, you know if he if she'd just got there 10 seconds sooner or if he'd like been able to grab her and it was like Romeo in the Baz film of Romeo and Juliet yeah and I know what you're going to Ra- say because uh, so <laughs> Romeo and Juliet is it Juliet that has the sleeping potion to make give her the appearance of being dead so her and Romeo can get married so she's like asleep yeah and then Romeo was like oh no she's dead so then he's about to kill himself and you see Juliet's hand moving as if she's about to wake up I've not seen it I just know this she's not told me like a hundred times I'm just a good listener <laughs> yeah might have told you a hundred times you haven't but anyway so her hand is like moving like she's waking up and then Romeo kills himself isn't it yeah but it's like the timing <laughs> of it then, is so close yeah and then as soon as he's like killed himself she's like oh no she wakes up and she's like oh hi Romeo you look a bit weird oh you're dead <laughs> so yeah it was and I think that's part of the tragedy of isn't it like how close it was to working yeah. and anyway so the trauma of that obviously you then are like right so that's why she's still that's why she was still in Vietnam that's why he's so traumatised and then he's never told his wife about any of this stuff with Kim even though they had this really intense relationship she, for two days so he told her that he like met Kim or something like she knew there was a Kim did she? yeah alright okay but didn't know and then, too much about it so he had to tell Ellen about when he found out that he had this son about yeah. like the whole thing and then they went to Bangkok to find Kim and the little boy and Kim had no idea that he was married so she heard that he was there and then she went to find him but in the meantime he was trying to find her there's a whole thing and she went to the hotel 
And she met Ellen and Ellen was like, Kai, I'm Chris's wife. And Kim was like, I'm sorry, I think I must be hallucinating. Can you say that again? And there's this song. It was actually a song, Room 317. It's really hard from looking at the song list to think which songs they were because the song titles are really weird. The Revelation, Chris's Ear. It's musical numbers, so it's not all. Yeah, and they kind of ran together as well, didn't they? Kim had this nightmare where... And you found it, and I found it really funny because oh, this yeah. guy came back, the guy she killed, and was like, "I am still here, you know." And you were like, "What?" I, I thought like, he was dead. And I was like, "It's gunshot. Kim's, it's Kim's nightmare, mother." Yeah, okay, I had to and get he was a bit like, schooled, "I'm here in your head. You killed me, remember?" And you were like, "Oh." It was like they oh. put all of those lines in for the people like me who were at this point like, <laughs> "What the heck?" Anyway, so then obviously they fight everything. Oh shit! It was a whole thing where Chris and Ellen were like, "What are we gonna do?" Because Kim John was, guy was like really upset. She was saying, "You need to adopt." She was obviously really upset that Chris was married to someone else. And then at that point, that broke her heart. She was like, "You need to take Tam back to America. It doesn't matter what happens to me. You need to take him." And Chris and Ellen, I, I mean, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure what their plan was. I don't know whether they just said they were, did they say they were gonna stay in Bangkok? Surely not. But they were like, "We'll help them. We'll help them." And it was a bit weird. And then they. They went over to her house and she shot herself. Like yeah. the little boy was just the sat there boy. watching telly. And he she didn't seem to care very shot much. herself so that they, they wouldn't have any choice. They'd have to take him back. And then it all made sense because right at the start of the show, there'd been this guy in a hoodie that said Georgia on it. Why was that relevant? And he was just sat watching the telly and it was like, that's weird. And then at the end, he was there and he was Watch, obviously grown watching up Watching this last bit. And it was like he, he was up. reliving it. And in case you didn't realise this, at the end, it was like at the end of Hamilton when Eliza does that like yeah. gasp thing because he exactly did like that. that I'm so good at this you are so good at this like anyway, when I compared so Legally Blonde to Sunshine that Only then something else this is <laughs> so it was re- I thought the plot was complicated and I think we said this didn't we that part of that is because it's sung through yeah so sometimes you just need someone to go let's do this thing <laughs> and then it all makes sense but I did think the flashback thing was really clever obviously up until that point I just thought I'd missed some crucial bit of narrative but then when it was like here's what happened and it was interesting because obviously he's never talked about it so I thought the fact that it was like delayed in the plot was yeah. quite clever because like he's hidden it from his wife and obviously like tried to keep it hidden from himself because it was so traumatic and so it was hidden from us too and I did think that was really really smart they take Tam Ellen this is why I think she's really nice because she was like really accepting of it and you find out that it was a gun that she shot herself with that Chris had like oh yeah he gave it to her before they got separated didn't he he was like hold on to this I'll be back in a minute kind of thing and it didn't happen so yeah the gun that it was the same gun presumably that she used to shoot the guy she was meant to marry and then she used it to shoot herself and I absolutely right and I'm I didn't I hadn't looked at the plot like I knew the basics of like the premise of the show but I didn't really know the full plot at all I thought she shot Chris because so she was holding the gun obviously like so it was pointing at herself but she was holding it out in a way it looked like it was pointing at him and she stayed standing up it was kind of like she was like the staging of it was interesting wasn't it yeah because then Chris obviously having this trauma he kind of like fell to he the floor and the I was floor. like oh my god he's dead he lay down on the floor like as if alongside her while Kim herself kind of walked around the scene even though she was dead. sort of meant to be dead. it was obviously like it made sense but it was a bit like oh that was 
But I, that's why I thought that she killed Chris because I never realised that he fell to the floor because he was like... Oh, right, like, so you thought he was dead. And I thought that she'd like And that Kim him. and Ellen and the engineer and Tam were just going to raise him like yeah. all together as like a feminist collective. <laughs> Feminism, not necessarily the word to associate with this show. But it was it was so dramatic and it was so traumatic. And at the end, when she shot herself, I literally, my whole body what? reacted and I did and go, I was like, what? Bro, chill. And I was traumatised and it was super, super sad. You and also, did that twice you were like what I thought he was dead quite loud and then at the end you were I like did. what this is all true and we were sat in like the front row yeah so the crucible is a like a thrust stage so the seating on oh, three sides we need sides. to get on to talking about Titanic we do and we I'd booked tickets in the front row and when we sat down I was like I feel a bit exposed especially because this show is probably quite inappropriate for a 10 year old and at one point there was someone glaring me. across no, the stage at me wasn't. I, I why swear. would anyone glare I at swear. you you're adorable so yeah we were sat right at the front and it was my school I don't think there's listen to this. I don't think there's a bad seat in that theatre, I would guess. We're going back Big in rake. December to see White Christmas there and it's quite small and it's sort of the good seat is always behind me because I'm short. Yeah, but the people behind you seem to leave and not come yeah, back. Yeah, because it was me. Which, yeah, I don't know if they were just offended by your presence. Or I'm if very they were offensive. Like, Wait, what? I thought this was Titanic. My and presents are offensive. That's true. Your presence, as in like gifts. Yes. Okay. Anyway, so it, obviously the staging of it that way, so there was stuff happening all around. I did think it was really clever, and I really liked that. And I do think it does make you more sort of intensely engaged with what's happening rather than just watching it in a traditional proscenium arch situation and yeah it was good and I didn't feel that exposed in those seats as it turned out it was all fine and it meant there was no one sat in front of you apart from members of the cast occasionally sat around in those positions okay so overall hang on a second so let's before you try and move on to Titanic which I can tell is what you're about to do you want to go back in time we have a lot to say to Titanic we do including global global warming I'm not sure doing this in one episode is the best plan but anyway it'll be fine we don't have as much to say about Titanic I don't plenty to say about Titanic you you, talk quite did you enjoy this show Juno what did you think of Miss Saigon overall I thought that it was actually quite good like yeah I think the, pro- the actual production I really enjoyed. I think maybe if you saw it in like a traditional situation, it maybe wouldn't have been as enjoyable. But I think the cast were amazing. Like obviously the main people were fantastic. The woman who played Kim was amazing. And I thought her whole performance was like, she always looked like she was trying to be really strong, like clenched yeah. fists and her body language was all sort of like clenched as well. And I thought Christian Maynard was really really good as Chris and the guy who played John whose name I can't remember now but we've not really talked about songs but partly because of it being sung through and it's hard to remember which is which but he sang this song that started the second half about the orphans it was called Bo Doy or something that does sound right and that was really beautiful apart from being white saviory and I I really thought that was fantastic what and was then, it called like Our Children Too or something well they kept that he kept saying that didn't he about them being out in some cases they're quite literally their children too and there were a lot of of big overwrought ballads like um, what's that one called Last Night of the World yeah. I Give My Life For You all of these ones I thought um, we hear I Give My Life For You like a lot on the radio and I always thought it was about what's his name Chris but she sang it to Tam and obviously all that stuff of like mums and not getting to see their children grow up as we've discussed previously on this that's traumatic to me so overall yeah I thought it was a really impressive show I totally get all the criticism of it and there was a big thing about it there was a show that was meant to be on at the Crucible and when Miss Saigon got announced that production company pulled their show from the Crucible like as a protest. So it is something that remains really, really controversial and I do get that. But I think... 
there's obviously benefit in going to see something like that and then having thoughts and conversations about that and about representation and stuff like that. So I still think you can get benefit from watching stuff that is questionable. All right. Anyway, so that is the end of talking about Miss Saigon. So now we're going to move on to what we saw in the evening, which was Titanic, the musical. Now, you might hear that and think that sounds terrible. And that's what I thought when I first heard of it. And then I did some research and listened to some other podcasts about musicals and thought, oh, actually, people seem to think this is good. And it had won a load of Tonys when it was first on. So I was like, yeah. Oh, but it was, was it meant to be like a lot more staging really impressive? and Possibly, and yeah. But I'm not sure it was the staging that was the problem with it. So do you want to start off with no, talking I mean about the special Titanic? Effects. Special effects. Well, we need to say before we start talking about it but you probably will pick up on it that we didn't think it was like the best (sighs) yeah and I feel bad I don't really like to I mean I do like criticizing things but I don't necessarily want to put my criticism on record but then we started enjoying the second half was a lot more enjoyable wasn't it yeah because we all know what happened to the Titanic yeah this could have easily been like a no interval musical oh my god can you imagine though if it's still been as long as that and no interval so no I mean it could have been a lot shorter there was a lot of there's an iceberg who cares there's an iceberg who cares increase the speed oh no there's an iceberg I've lost my binoculars 20,000 oranges (laughs) boom (laughs) crash get to the lifeboats no poor people get back down hovos yeah that was basically what it was that's basically that was the plot oh we were sinking so people might be thinking is it a musical of the film Titanic I'm going to try and do a better summary in a second you know like a quick one like that obviously it's not it's not a musical version of the film there's clearly similarities e.g. the ship sinks guys shock spoiler alert we all know what happened to the Titanic imagine if anyone's listening to this and going oh my god I did not know this I did not know the Titanic sank and it focuses on different characters in much the same way that film did and you found all the characters annoying except two people and those two people died most of the characters were annoying though so right at the start of the show there's this really weird song can I say something before I forget it yeah okay I'm really gonna forget it so there was these two third class passengers and one was called Jim Farrell and one was called something Kate yeah all all the girls were called Kate weren't they that was like a joke for some reason Um, not really sure why and it says one of the songs was sung by the three Kates I thought it said Jim the third then it said Jim and third class passengers Jim the third but anyway so they were like planning on getting married or something and she still called him Jim Farrell all the time she called him by his full name I was like surely just call him Jim at this point where you're about to get married to him fingers crossed so much experience of people who are about to get married having been in that situation so many times herself like it's just an authority (laughs) on these matters Jim Farrell Jim Farrell I don't know maybe you do I don't know what people call each other anyway maybe she just did it all the time because every member of the cast apart from a few of them played about five characters and so it was quite confusing to remember who anyone was at any given time and it just depended on what hat they were wearing yeah <laughs> right so the just show starts Jim. with this big song that is just basically about how big the Titanic is and that song a did big song about a go big on ship. for about 15 minutes can I just do my quick little funny summary again in the right order of things go on then okay so there's a big shit 20,000 oranges there's something about oranges well, I don't really get it. Then they just get on and they're like, I feel the need, the need for speed. And then... <laughs> How are you querying Top Gun? Which you have never seen. Daddy's washed back. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, they were like, boom. And then they were like, just increasing the speed. And they were like, mm, there's an iceberg. And the guy, And the guy was like, who cares? Does, does no one know about global warming? The iceberg will have melted by the time we get there. There's no icebergs anymore. And then... 
they were just like, okay, another letter. There's an iceberg. I know. I don't care. Another iceberg. What? There are three icebergs? No, it's the same iceberg. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, the and same then, iceberg all the way through. It's just like, oh, oh no, we're going too fast and we're really close to the iceberg. Oh, no one knows iceberg. what's going to happen. We have no binoculars. <laughs> We've hit the iceberg and we're, we're waking everyone up. And we're singing a song about wearing your pyjamas in the grand salon. But rich and people then, won't put life jackets on because they're like, yeah. my money will protect me. And then this guy's like, it's my fault. And they get all these people off. And there's all these people. I'm doing a lot of moves. Doing like a Mr. Miyagi. And this, like, I don't, no one knows what that is. And then there's just all these people that are still on who are like, yes, I will die. And then. And they did. That, yeah, then they did. Who knew? And that was it. That was Juno's summary of the show, which is quite good. So this first song, right, Titanic. It, it, and that's what it was. So this, and as soon as it started, I was like, oh my God. Ismay. Ismay. Mr. Ismay. So in real life, he was the guy who owned the fleet that the Titanic was part of. White something. I don't know. And he was clearly the villain because he spent the whole time being all posh and smarmy with his moustache and being like, we need to go faster. These passengers want to be in New York by Tuesday evening. And as I said to Juno, I... I've never been on a cruise, but my experience of people who do go on cruises is that they really like being on the ship. And if they got somewhere a day early, they wouldn't be like, oh, yay. They'd be like, I want to stay on the ship. This is my holiday. Yeah. So I thought that was really weird. But this, yeah, this first song, it was like, the biggest thing ever. And then the someone came on and was like, it's a thousand world. feet long and it's got 110 windows. They could have easily said the Yeah, list. there was a lot. Also, I was like, do we need... Oh, my God, there's a squirrel in a tree. Every Help me. Episode no, you're saying this. Is there a need for some guy to come on and be like, 20,000 oranges, Titanic, 37,000 bottles of wine, Does he just Titanic. love fruit? And I was like, we get it, you've got a shopping list. And it was so weird. And I was just thinking, oh God, is this what it's going to be the whole time? And then some people did talk, which was good, because much as a song through musical is totally fine. It's fine. I just think... Get on the boats. The, no, anyway. And then Not there was literally you. the first, like four or five songs were just about the ship. And I was yeah. like, honest, is this literally just going to be songs about ship. That was so funny. And then you finally got to know a bit more about the characters. And you sadly, they all turned out to be terrible. They weren't terrible. They were just annoying. They were the first class passengers who all had big hats and sat around the dining table with the captain. She's like, like a must stuff. you leave captain must you leave captain and they were so annoying and then there were the second class passengers who just wanted to be in first class and then there were the third class passengers who were the most interesting ones they were all called Kate they were all oh, Irish and they were all like I'm going to be a lady's maid and then one of them was pregnant that's why she was what? going to New York yeah when she was like my friend got herself in trouble she didn't mean a friend and the trouble she meant was a baby oh oh Juno you're so innocent and <laughs> so there was all that going on and then it was just oh, it was just pretty tiresome, wasn't it? Especially the first half was about an hour and 20 minutes long. And the an hour keep, and 19 were, minutes. It was so laboured. There were so many warnings. Captain, we've received a warning. Aye, aye, Captain. That there's an iceberg. And he was like, nah, it'll be fine. It's miles nah. away. Go faster. And then they were like, but should we, Captain? Because if we're going faster and there is an iceberg, won't that be quite and dangerous? Like, go faster. And the captain was like, shut up. And that <laughs> Ismay guy kept going, we need to go faster. We need to go faster. Oh, he was so annoying. Like, I'm really mad that he didn't die at the end. Because at the end, they were all standing around this, like, what was it? Like a memorial wall that with the names, all the names of all the of people who died. People who died. And they were like, there were 450 so spare think, seats on the lifeboat. That bit was like, like a school assembly. Yeah. <laughs> was just like, and then there was this guy who, the and he turned around and it was that Ismay guy and he survived 
arrived and we were like, oh, and he I was know. like, what was I supposed to do? You were like, just die. You should have just died. Because you're so died. annoying. He was so irritating. No. The, so the first half ended with them going like, oh, Matt, oh, there really is an iceberg. Oh, well, that is shock. I can't believe they that. They forgot their binoculars. I can't believe there's actually, after all that. And they obviously all the way through, there's all these things. This ship is unsinkable. This is the greatest ship ever. He's going to build a legacy. He's going to be a legend. And you're like, yep, yeah, that is true. It's just not going to be for a good reason. <laughs> so it was just like... Oh, he technically did. It was annoying is what it was. So then <sighs> right at the end of the first half, it was like, oh, iceberg. And there was a big banging sound and everyone kind of staggered about a bit to show that they'd hit the iceberg. I really wanted there to be like a bit like a cardboard cut out of an iceberg that they just like ran across the stage to demonstrate the iceberg. Like, like, blue, blue, like the little motorbike in the Great British Bake Off musical. That did not happen. So that was a bit disappointing. So you had to use your imagination. Yeah. <laughs> right at the end, because there's just all this stuff. We know what happens. People get off, people die. That kind of thing. So then there's people that are still left on the ship and they're literally just waiting for death. Well, they locked because the third class passengers in the bottom so they wouldn't try they and get out, to the anyway. lifeboats. So the, crew, the key thing is, and this is true of the actual Titanic, there weren't enough lifeboats. Yeah. So there's something like 2,200 people on board, more than that, and they had lifeboats for less than half of that amount of people. And it was because that Ismay guy was like, oh no, I want the deck to be really big for the first class passengers. We haven't got room for all those lifeboats. Be fine. Yeah, because if you see a lifeboat, if you see loads of lifeboats on a ship, you're like, what? I thought the ship was unsinkable. Oh uh, my God. Yeah, so it you was... can't call something unsinkable till it hasn't sunk. Yeah, you need some empirical evidence. So it was like, obviously the level of preparation was woeful. They didn't have any binoculars. Do you know it's not just saying that to be funny? It says it in the programme in like the factual bit. Like who forgot to pack their binoculars? I know, it just seems like quite crucial. If your job is literally being a lookout, it might be helpful to have some equipment that helps you look out. Yeah. I don't know. But I'm not I'm not a ship person, but I just feel the, like that would be sensible. And then the main lookout guy at the end, I'm now talking about the end because we all know what happens. Like okay. people oh, just yeah, get off, guy. people fall. So this guy was like, it's my fault. And his was like, yes, it is. And then... <laughs> that was harsh. And then he was like, oh, I meant for you to say, no, don't be so silly. It's not your fault. Like, that's what you mean when... This conversation some... isn't what happened though. I know. But when you say, it's all my fault, you hope the person's going to say, oh, don't be silly. It's not our fault. Well, it's in this something. song, The Blame. Or like, no, it's my fault. The captain, the this guy called Andrews, who, was, who well, designed the boat. It's like a proper little and falling Ismay, out. And they have this argument about how whose fault it was. And that Ismay guy just refuses to take any responsibility it's the iceberg's whatsoever. Fault and it's Ismay's fault and because he just, just took no notice he of the was iceberg. a really bad person. But anyway, the so show then literally at the was end, just about capitalism being yeah. bad. Then, like, Monopoly. Then at the end. <laughs> yes. Um, so the guy who took all the blame and they were like, yeah, it's your fault. He just, the captain literally said to him, it's not your fault. I'm the captain. The buck stops with me. So I think you're making this bit up. Yeah. But that guy, but he was Ismay, so upset. That's what he said. Yeah. He was like, it's not my fault. And the captain was like, I'm the captain. So but they didn't really care what the captain said, really. Anyway, so that guy who but, said it was yeah. all his fault, he shot himself. Again, so for the second time that day, we had to watch someone shoot themselves on stage. Yeah. It was a bit like, oh, okay. Is it us? Are we causing these things to happen? I don't yeah. think we were. But so you could see him there, like standing with a gun at his head. And he was just like standing there and you're like we all know what's gonna happen and yet it still so then, made us jump yeah and then he just pulled it away and then it was like mm. then she went bang and did it and we were all like oh my god I know. <laughs> and you know what I've just remembered is I'm going to see Heather's tonight oh. which has a certain degree of this kind of content as well <laughs> but anyway so there was the set was quite like it, there wasn't much of it but it was quite effective yeah you, you know could, what I mean for like showing it you could tell it. what was going it was like yeah, the set of anything goes it was like the deck basically so there was the bit at the bottom and then there was 
was this bit round the edge of the top that was like yeah. You could if we stand knew about boats, stuff. we'd know what that was meant to be yeah. called. Yeah, and, and again, they had like a set of stairs on wheels. Yeah, that they used for they a lot like of three action. sets of stairs on wheels, and they only used one. It's clearly like, the thing that you that? need if you're but putting anyway, on a show. You have to have um, a set of stairs on wheels. But anyway, so then this Andrews guy, who was like kind of partners with Ismay, I think. Well, he's the one who built, who like designed and yeah. supervised the building. So he, he was, was okay. Just, yeah, he was he fine. Wasn't a bad At the end, he was just redesigning the Titanic, like like in a frenzy because he obviously knew it was too late but he was like oh I think Ismay had got in his head when he was like this is your fault and that Andrew's guy was like maybe it is and then he had this really dramatic song where the bit the Uh, yeah he was standing on that bit at the top you know so we were talking about that bit so there's two like levels to it he was on the top level the pointy bit at the front of the ship yes yeah and it just like tilted and he was holding on and then it just went back I was like the Titanic didn't just join itself back together it did not no it did make me think of the bit in the film where the ship splits in half and then the one bit like tilts all the way up that way and then sinks it's well traumatic honestly I need you to show me a video of okay, this because well, you're just adding bits to it every no, time you tell me I about I haven't it. watched Titanic since it came out which was like 1997 or something so I might be misremembering but I'm fairly sure that is like seared across my brain that no, moment just that, that- did, 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 oh yeah so there's this guy working on doing like I don't know like telegrams is that what it was yeah and there's like a the... guy who was in charge of basically what would you say he was like stoking like, the yeah. engine I don't I'm not really sure of the technical stuff but there were some characters in it that were interesting but I think part of it was there were too many characters and then they all died so you couldn't really get really engaged with any of them there was this elderly couple who I think owned Macy's which is the big department store in New York and they were really cute and like she refused to go when it was women Women and children first. And my joke about this, obviously, is that especially at that time, they're not letting the women and children off first because they really value women. It's just because the men don't want to have to look after the children. Ba-boom. But this elderly woman, she wouldn't get on the boat because she was like, I'm not going without you to her husband. And he was like, but you need to live. And she said, well, but without you, what's the point? And they were really, really cute, actually. And he was like, well, it was you're going to die died, But everyone else, I just think they deserved it. <laughs> just they had it coming and then at the end yeah there was that bit where they all stood there and like they had these blankets around them and turned around and did a little speech with some statistics and it was exactly like a school assembly yeah it was like my school assembly on World War 2 it was weird And it was just, I, was just oh, I don't want, like, I would still say if anyone was thinking of going to see it, like, you should always go and see stuff. Because loads of people thought it was really good. Yeah, the or the audience, read, like, response at the end, like, people clearly really enjoyed it. People were like, wow, wow! Yeah. And I was like, uh. And I would never say to someone, don't go and see that, it's rubbish. Like, I might say to someone, oh, I didn't really love it, but there's value in going to see anything. And obviously, like, other people are going to take different things from it. And maybe for us, it was a bit much going to see Miss Saigon and Titanic in the same day. Uh. Perhaps that was part of the problem here. We should have seen, like, Mamma Mia and Miss Ew, Saigon in. God, I no, would have I mean, seen Mamma Mia again. But yeah, I mean, right, that would have been cheerful. a good balance. Yeah, we were talking about that, weren't we? About better balanced experiences, like in August when we go and see Lamers and then we will rock you afterwards like that's quite good we'll come out of the day feeling quite emotionally stable <laughs> then what else are we seeing in the same day crazy, crazy few and ain't too proud yeah with mild smoking I don't know where you've got this from of the mild smoking ain't too proud wasn't it in yellow jackets okay <laughs> fine so yeah so like Titanic is on tour I mean there's something like that if you are interested in the story of the Titanic and you haven't seen it like obviously go and see something that you haven't seen before but just oh, I, I don't think that the songs were good well I feel like it would have been better if there was talking you're like well there was but more talking yeah too much of it aye aye captain 20,000 oranges and there was all these bits where it was like and the second class passengers come to the deck and bring your life jackets 
That's absolutely not what the tune was. But there was so much exposition it that was done like in the song. It sounded like some of the just... tune that they were just making it up. It, right. I absolutely thought at points, you're making this up. That you've forgotten like, nothing the tune, sounds guys. like this. You've literally just invented that. And not in a good way, like falsettos, where it sounds like they're making it up, but it sounds beautiful. Like this was just, anyway. Oh, I don't want to just be rude about stuff, but I didn't, I did not love this. The second half was a lot better because it was quicker and like there was more pace but to it. But don't you and think you could have had it in uh, urgency because you really wanted to go? But anyway, so <laughs> there was, um, I thought it could have been a musical with no interval, you know, like, like shorter. Like from away style, an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. Because yeah. you could have just had like, so you could have had a bit introducing all the characters them on the boat and then there could have been like maybe they would have been told there's an iceberg who cares there's an iceberg okay increase the speed you know like stuff that happened but just cutting little bits out and then not saying as many times there's an iceberg because we all know what happens so it's not like they ended I think it was meant to end on a cliffhanger at the end of the first half I was like this isn't a cliffhanger it's like if you were jumping off a cliff and you just knew that there was going to be marshmallows at the bottom bottom or something (laughs) that you could just land in I think that's a really good point that you think of something like come from away part of the reason that it is so effective is because there isn't an interval and as we know the whole point of that is yeah. because the people in Ganda didn't have a chance to think about what they were doing. They, they had just no had to breaks. do it. And in a sense, that's the same with this, isn't it? Like it happened and then everything fell to pieces very quickly. Because actually, once they'd hit the iceberg, they well, asked it the builder, been like, like, how if those long people have we got? And he was like, two hours, maybe an hour and a half. So I feel like the whole first half, there wasn't any of that sense of urgency. And I think yeah. you're absolutely right. If it had been a 90 no, yeah. then you would have got like more the show like was two hours, involved, two hours and a half. wouldn't you? You would have felt more like, oh God, who's going to survive and who isn't? And yeah. I think that's true. So I think it would have worked better. And also, that would have meant quite a lot of the songs got cut out. <laughs> I feel bad. <laughs> being mean. But we're not it. saying don't see it because people love it. It's yeah. just because I think if there's something that not many people have seen, not many people really like, then you shouldn't really be criticising it that much. You know, like how you think that we should do an episode on The Greatest Showman or Mamma Mia and you're going to kind of criticise them. Yeah. But people love them. Yeah. So like, and I love The Greatest love Showman. This. Yeah. And people love this. Hang on. I like The Greatest Showman. I just don't think he is this heroic character that he yeah, thinks he is. Yeah, because of that bit in From Now On. Yeah, but from the whole thing, because he's a terrible... Anyway, the future episode there. <laughs> but I wouldn't... Like, maybe get cheap tickets. Like, maybe don't spend £50 on your tickets for this because you might be disappointed. I don't know. But people love it, so, so like, Yeah, we, who are we didn't to judge? love it. I, I was judging it very early on. I like, decided very quickly, oh, no, this isn't as good as I hoped. It was. This isn't for me, to be fair. Like, it's all very subjective, isn't it? And I don't think you have to love everything thing you go and see because it just makes it stressful when you have to then recompile your top 10 doesn't it like yeah. in dreams let's put us in a right quandary oh so yeah it's better to go and see stuff that doesn't interfere with your top 10 because that gets stressful so yeah thumbs up to miss saigon obviously with some thumbs in the middle cultural to... questions and thumbs thumbs pointing slightly downwards from titanic from us but with the acknowledgement that no thumbs in the other middle people clearly going... enjoyed it like the people around us in the interval they were like we're talking about how like things that they'd enjoyed about it do you know she's broken her own thumb oh <laughs> really my god sure that why. really hurt that was crazy and it's not my thumb it's my pinky my poor pinky, pinky. someone in this is 
is going to tell child line because you're just like, oh, we're poor little pink. Right. Well, I think you're fine, though, aren't you? I'm pretty sure you're going to survive this experience. How do you know? I'm just pretty confident. Because I'm not on the Titanic. Anyway, right. So that was our first uh, two show discussion. I think we smashed it. And then Juno smashed her own finger. Just to add drama. And yeah, so that is the end. If you've seen either of these shows, we'd love to hear from you and tell us, especially Titanic, because I'd really like to have in-depth discussions with other people about this, especially again, for people yeah. who really liked it. And then that's the kind of discourse I'm interested in. Also, if you've listened to other episodes on, um, like if you listen to our summer preview episode, if you're going to see something or if you have seen something, please tell us and we will try and like read your comments about yeah, it in the episode about it. Oh, we've still Unless got... it's Annie, because like that's already, yeah, we've already done been that recorded. One. So sorry, guys. We've already recorded that. Uh, yeah. So that is the end. Thanks for listening. You can obviously find us on Instagram at stage underscore appropriate. Did you just nearly hit yourself in the face? No. And you can I listen to us on all manner of different streaming platforms, which is presumably what you're doing if you're listening. I will say that's confusing. So there is Spotify, there is Amazon, and there is iTunes. Yep, confusing. Not really. So that's that. And we'll be back soon with more musical theatre fun. Hopefully soon. more fun, less tragedy. Ow. That would be good. See you later. Goodbye.